How's it going, everybody? Welcome back to the Board and Browsing Podcast. I'm your host, Danny, and as always, I'm joined by my political co-hosts, Samson and Sean. Hi, I'm Steve Karnacki. And I'm Danny's dad. <laughs> oh, what's up, dad? Yo, we're in the midst of election. We are recording this the day after, and we are all fucking stressed because as of recording this, we still don't know who the president is. Yay. Uh, you say I'm, I'm stressed, but as uh, I forget my name... I this is I live for this. I live to touch that board and change those colors around. <sighs> right? I'm saying that I'm the right guy. Right? Yeah. Steve Karnacki? Yeah. Yeah. It's hard to separate my identity as, as Samson Martin from my identity as Danny's father. As Danny's father, I am nervous, but as Samson, I am feeling pretty good and optimistic about things. It's it's interesting. I, I don't think we're going to talk too much about politics because I'm sure you want to listen to this to avoid politics. But I really I, I think it's very close right now. I'm interested to see how it plays out. I know for a fact that if it goes to the Supreme Court, Biden will lose. I also I, I, I was expecting more of a turnout. I wasn't expecting so many people to go red this year, especially considering it's just blatant fascism. But here we are. Yeah. I mean, like, I also don't think it's going to go to the Supreme Court. I mean, like, I don't know what the Supreme Court would even be able to really rule on, you know? Well, they could try to say something about Pennsylvania, but the numbers are looking right now like yeah. Biden might not need Pennsylvania. He, I doubt he's going to need Pennsylvania. I think he's going to win Nevada, uh, Michigan, Arizona, and then it's going to be fine. <laughs> I mean, I wonder how people feel, you know, a couple days from now when they're listening to this and like, oh... You know, they didn't even know the half of it. That's when, you know, uh, Mexico became a state, <laughs> popping in with 8,000 electoral college votes, and they all Trump, went... Trump makes Mexico a state so that he can... <laughs> well, that's what you think. No, they all went Jill Stein. Excellent. Oh, no, mm -hmm. they wrote yeah. in Jill Stein. And I should say, I, I said 180. That was a, a classic misspeak. I meant 271. So if you win oh, Mexico, okay. you actually... Uh, you get to be president, and that's why President Jill Stein is now in charge. Bye-bye, okay. vaccines. Anyway, Borden politicizing. Yep. I mean, it has been what we're wa we've been watching for like the past 24 hours, almost nonstop, obsessively. That's true. Ooh, but so here's the real question. Now, you know, when you're watching political news like this, it's never the only thing you're doing. There's always something going on, usually, to distract yourself in the waiting periods. I personally was playing an enormous amount of Hearthstone uh, while grinding my teeth. And I'm curious, what, what were you boys doing in the downtime, in the moments when you weren't, you know, cursing or crying <laughs> or cheering at the TV? I, I think it was a 50-50 split. So I was either, if I was watching the coverage, because I was actually watching this Twitch streamer, uh, Hassan Abi. He's great. He's providing great coverage. I really do recommend people checking him out just in general because I really liked what he had to say. So I was alternating between watching him and finding out what's going on, watching one of my friends who streams on Twitch and finding out what's going on, playing Super Mario Odyssey while watching them as it's going on, or I was watching this Amazon Prime show called Red Oaks, which I'll talk about later in the episode, but that was actually pretty good and it was a pretty good distraction. Nice. Biden now needs six more electoral votes. Ooh, baby. 
Coincidentally, that's as many as I have up my sleeve. Oh. Ah. Wait, Samson, what were you doing to uh, de-stress during all this? Man, you didn't answer. Uh, I had a lot of screwdrivers last night. Mm. Yay. Yep. Smart. Good times. I binge ate. I was eating so much food. Like, every time I, I sat back down, I was like, man, I need something in my hands to, like, just keep going through. Yeah, I got some McDonald's. Mm. Oh, whoa. Except... Uh, Marie and I got it delivery oh, wow. and they took freaking forever because it's one of those times where they clearly had another delivery at the same time and they went and dropped off that one first so by the time it got here the fries were really cold <laughs> and so I was eating cold fries and, and McDonald's fries I don't even think are necessarily the best fries so when you're eating them cold oh come on oh hey, come Sean. on yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. I think we need to move on from this because Sean's a goddamn smooth brain thinking McDonald's doesn't have the best, best fries the who, breast who has fries? the best fries ah ha 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 Sean what do you? What is the best fries? I think, I think Five Guys technically has the best fries, but I don't like their fries personally. So I personally love uh, Shake Shack fries. Okay, Danny, everything you just said was stupid. I'm gonna be honest. <laughs> we all know when we're comparing fries, we're I talking about McDonald's, Wendy's, or Burger King. We all know we're talking Wendy's, McDonald's, or Burger Mendy's? King. Yo, shut up, Sean. I didn't sleep very well last night. Your your brain is subconsciously your brain is subconsciously messing you up because it knows that you're a piece of shit. Whoa. No, it's because I got like four hours of sleep, kept waking up, checking results, couldn't fall yeah. back asleep because I made myself anxious, and oh. then had to drink a lot of caffeine today. So my brain is all over the place. My brain's having a real hard time. Oh, oh look at you. Oh, poor with a baby. Wah, wah, wah. Having, having the ability to wake up after going to sleep. You know, some of us, some of us work so hard day in, day out, grinding for that bread that as soon as we close our eyes, we can't wake back up until that alarm goes off. That's all I'm saying. If you're a real true-blooded American, you're working hard and you can't wake up once you go to sleep. I woke up at 1230 today. Anyways, let's move on. Nope, because we have to finish the fry conversation. Then don't even bother counting me in. Uh, Danny, you're wrong about five guys also not having the best fries. What? And what? Who? <laughs> I, I, I have never been to a Shake Shack. Danny. You've never been to Shake Shack? You're missing Shack? out. Where the hell is there a Shake Shack? So here's the thing. I don't think Shake Shack fries are really that good, Danny. They're just like basic, you know, ripple cut. They're not even salted. I think they're well, very usually. tasty. I when, think they go great with their food as well. And they go good with the cheese, but then, then they become cheese fries. Well, no, mm. I'm just talking like you had a plain old fry. I think their fries are the best in the area. Danny, I'm sorry I insulted your fry preferences so much. That's fine. <sighs> that was that was, that was was uncalled for. No, like legitimately though, I don't eat Wendy's, Burger King, and McDonald's, so I don't have a say in what their fries are. I, I haven't tried a McDonald's fry, I think, ever. Oh, they're so crispy I've never had a and Big salty. Mac. Mm. See, that's that's so surprising to me. What do you eat on road trips when you roll up to like the gas station and the only thing across from it is, you know, either a McDonald's or a, a Gurk's Duck Shack? Are you going to are you going to go get a duck burger? No. So when I was when I was younger, we would do these like three and a half hour drives to Vermont and we usually stop at a rest stop on the way could get some food. So it was either the meals I primarily had were Subway sandwiches I would get Arby's, like their burgers, if we stopped off. We would get Quiznos. Um, every once in a while, we get like one of those Italian pizza chains. Uh, occasionally, we get some Starbucks, or we would get Nathan's hot dogs. You see, I hear all that, but it astounds me that you would literally never have just tried McDonald's. 
So my dad used to work. I think I've talked about this on the podcast before, but my dad used to work for McDonald's as a fry cook when he was younger. So he knows like everything behind the scenes on how they're made. And as a result, like my parents never really wanted me to have it. I was allowed to get it on my own if I wanted to. But I've kind of gotten to the point in my life where I know if I start eating the big three, I'm going to have it all the time. Mm. And Mm. I don't think that's very healthy for me. So at this point, I've just kind of committed to not eating anything of the big three. Wow. You know what? This has taught me that I need to talk things out instead of getting so angry and reactionary when people don't agree with me. Because you know what? (laughs) I called you stupid at first. But you know what? That's really intelligent, Danny. Now Samson knows you're just ignorant. (laughs) <laughs> you don't know that how good you're or what you're missing so that that's no I, i'm sure i'm sure i'm missing something great i just think like uh, the amount of money i would have spent in college on that as opposed to getting like mm. chinese chinese food once every two weeks like well you see that you can you can get away with it still because there's there's some things that are, are pretty like similar um like similar it's pretty similar like taste and quality without having to go to one of those big three chains like for instance samson's fingers Oh, you know, yeah, pop true. a couple of those in your mouth. They're essentially like a Burger King fry. Same <laughs> thickness, same saltiness. Uh, a little colder usually, but it kind of de- depends on Samson's blood flow that day. So, Got it. H- Hannah, Hannah has told me that she can tell when I'm about to, like when I'm doing a serious setup for, for a joke. <laughs> and uh, Sean, I, I, I've noticed your tells. I, I think I'm catching on to you, Sean. Oh, and then what are they, sir? You start to kind of, you start smizing. I can see you start smiling around your eyes oh, <laughs> before you say you see, something. You see, you the look, thing is, I'm you not. You look so excited and proud of yourself right before <laughs> you tell the joke. <laughs> Which I've been told is also my tell. I always forget that this is, well, Well, what you always do is you go, oh, well, did you hear? Or something like along those lines, like, well. Hmm. I don't know about that. I but I, I legitimately forget that we have a video call because I'm never looking at it. Pretty much. <laughs> right. So why don't we get into the news for this week? Um, aside from election stuff, I'm just gonna kind of run through a lot of the things I have. So Star uh, Star Trek Discovery renewed for season four. That's coming out, or it's starting to film November second. So it's theoretically coming out next year. Uh, the Animaniacs reboot is coming to Hulu on November twentieth. Uh, it looks good. It, it honestly like. I, I didn't watch that much Animaniacs as a kid, but I would definitely check this out, despite my hatred of Hulu. Yeah, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna watch the Animaniacs reboot. It looks really cool. And Pinky and the Brain are back in it. I didn't realize that yeah. they were like tied into it when I was younger. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, the Babysitters Club renewed for season two. Fuck yeah. Uh, the Chilling Adventures of Sabrina is gonna get part four on Netflix December 31st. So the last possible day of 2020, the day we're all praying that's gonna be over. Um, Narcos Mexico is going to be renewed for season three. And this one, which I'm very shocked about Ted Lasso season two, hasn't even started really filming yet. Season three has already been confirmed. Wow. So that should tell you all you need to know about whether or not you should watch Ted Lasso. People love cowboys, you know, (laughs) it's just, it's always been the case. Yeah. Uh, so, so then I have a couple other quick bits. Uh, the Bob Dylan biopic with Timothy Chalamet has been delayed uh, for COVID reasons. Uh, Shang-Chi uh, by Marvel has finished filming, so we might expect that in 2022, I believe. Ghostbusters Afterlife is going to be delayed to June 11th of 2021. That's the prequel one with Finn Wolfhart. You guys know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah. yeah. It looked like almost more horror based. 
Yeah, so that's going to be coming out in June of next year. Don't Breathe 2 has also been delayed. That's coming out August 13th in 2021. Ooh, I didn't know that was going to get a sequel. Because they did I? Yeah. Uh, and the Candyman reboot is going to be delayed until August of 2021 as well. Rip. Oof, that's too bad. Daniel, yeah. you opened with, like, the two <laughs> most unappealing movies, and then you saved the real bangers for last. Dude, Candyman reboot is going to be great i'm so hyped have either of you seen the first candy man is that I the one not. with all the bees and the hooks yeah dude candy yep, man's great candy man's great i've been hearing a thing that like the productions that jordan peele is actually working on as opposed to executive producing do a lot mm-hmm. better and yeah. i think he's just executive producing this one ah oh, well dang because candy man's great yeah candy man <laughs> And then the last bit of uh, renews and redos I have, uh, Thor Love and Thunder has officially begun filming. So that's going to be taking off in like now-ish and January. So theoretically, we can expect some information about that soon. I know that they've already confirmed that uh, Natalie Portman's character, Jane Foster, is going to have Mjolnir at some point. So they're going to be going the comic route of female Thor. Female Thor. Should be interesting. I I think... It's another Taika Waititi Thor film, and they can't really go that poorly, considering how bad the first two were. Now, the feminists yeah. are taking over, I tell you what. <laughs> you know, I'm excited for it. Anyways, let's go into our top five for this week. Number five is that Fast and Furious has officially confirmed the series will be done after two more films, and Justin Lin is going to be directing both. Pretty sure one of those is when they go to space. Oh, Okay. Uh, it is the final frontier. I'm I'm fine with Fast and Furious being done. I mean, I, I've heard the spinoff of Hobbs and Shaw was just a fun experience. It it I think I definitely talked about it, but it ends with a traditional Maori war against uh an army, a small army of super advanced soldiers. Mm-hmm. But they hit him with an EMP made from car parts, so <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I uh, so I really like the podcast How Did This Get Made with uh Paul Shear and Jason Mantazukas mm-hmm. and they basically like talk about a really shitty movie and kind of figure out like how did this get made and like is it worth watching because it's so bad it's good and I was listening to the episode during my road trip of their Fast and Furious Hobbs and Shaw I had no interest to see this movie now it's the one I desperately want to see it's, I mean, I I haven't watched any Fast and Furious all the way through, but I watched Hobbs and Shaw all the way through, so I guess that means something. <laughs> uh, it's got Idris Elba as like a half-robot guy, which is fun. Idris Elba's yeah. cool. Yeah. Uh, number four, they've officially confirmed that Jared Leto is going to be coming back for reshoots of the Snyder Cut and is going to play Joker in Justice League Snyder Cut. <laughs> I hate Jared Leto so much. I hate him so much. I'm interested because I don't think Suicide Squad gave him enough of an opportunity to show off his character. And I'm curious as to what Zack Snyder has planned for the Joker, considering he had zero influence in the original Justice League cut. I mean, that's the thing that's so interesting about it. When they when they showed the trailer, there were just characters who did not exist. Like, I remember there's just like one at least for sure character who looked like they were at in a good chunk of the movie who just hadn't existed and the flash had some lines that made him sound like a normal human being which is fun <laughs> instead of like just a walking joke machine or i should say a running joke machine he is the flash uh-huh. after <laughs> excuse me 
<laughs> Sorry, I'm just damaged is what it comes down to. Let me lie in this circle of knives. I'm I'm quirky. I'm I'm still very intrigued about this Snyder cut. I'm I'm so curious as to like what they can do with it and whether or not it's going to be better than the original version of Justice League. I think yeah. it kind of has to be since the original was such a flaming pile of dog poop. But it it begs the question though, like how different was Zack Snyder's vision for Justice League that the that Warner Brothers is just like, no, fuck it, we're moving away from you. Like, what is it that he did that caused this schism to happen? Or the flash nipples. <laughs> Wait, what can you repeat your question, Danny? I mean, like, so he got removed from the project and they yeah. changed around a lot of the things he was he wanted as original vision for this movie. Like, what was it that caused this this separation? Well, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure Zack Snyder's daughter died, and that's why he stepped away from the project. Oh, so it wasn't like a network forcing him out. No, he, yeah, I'm, I'm quite sure his teenage daughter died, and that, uh, maybe not teenage, but she was, you know, under, the, she was a minor, she was, like, young, and yeah. uh, she, she died pretty surprisingly, and, um, Damn. yeah. He stepped away, and that's why Joss Whedon stepped in and finished it for him. And knowing Zack Snyder, I'm it, like, <laughs> that sounds so stupid. Just like knowing like his movies, I feel like his movies really probably come together in the editing room mm-hmm. quite a bit. Um, and I can only imagine, you know, uh, being given a Zack Snyder script and being like, finish this up. <laughs> Yeah, and like have having most of it be already filmed like that sounds you know like that sounds really difficult so this doesn't surprise me that this is happening it sounds like he's also like taking this opportunity to like do even more though which i think is that i think that is surprising um i don't know i'm i'm interested to see what he does and i'm glad that he's getting a second chance at making this because everything he was working on for the you know DCU wasn't great, but like it was building up to something, and I, I feel like he at least deserves the right to like finish that out himself. Yeah, yeah. I always assumed he just got kicked out by the network, but I, that's a lot worse if it was because of a, a personal tragedy. Yeah, that makes me more intrigued to see the Snyder cut then, because it's not like the movie was taken away by the network for being like a Suicide Squad esque. Mm-hmm. It's more like it got taken away from him because of what was going on in his life yeah yeah that, that's definitely different than flash nipples I'll tell yeah you and i'm pretty sure he voluntarily was like i just can't do this right now yeah. which is totally fair yeah. i think that's 100 mm-hmm. percent valid if you lose someone that close to you like please step away yeah yeah oh my god <laughs> well, anyway yeah moving yeah. on <laughs> moving on to number three um lebron james is actually going to be producing a documentary on the 1921 tulsa massacre I feel like this is an event in history that isn't touched on very much. Yeah, well, you got to remember that America did everything right. So (laughs) why would we talk about something bad? Silly. (laughs) Didn't happen. Yeah. I I mean, like, I I, I was a U.S. history major, and I did a lot of, like, I took a lot of classes, like, revolving around, like, Reconstruction and, like, black rights. But I feel like that fell, like, right in a period that, like, I did not study. And, like, I didn't even... I, I, 
I had heard nothing about that until I watched Watchmen, which is so embarrassing yeah. to say. Like, that is so embarrassing. Like, that's such yeah. a failure of our education system. Yeah, it, it. I think it was John Oliver had a really good joke about um, Watchmen, just like white people tuning in to watch a superhero show and learning, like, their jaws <laughs> dropping as they learn about one of the most atrocious, like, um mass murders in american history um yeah yeah so i i don't know yeah that that's so who's making that did you say lebron james, LeBron james. That, damn okay lebron james that'll be interesting See, i i'm very excited for documentaries like this because they give me i this is a better way for me to learn i think you can sit and read a textbook all the time but sometimes it, you know like you don't get everything across. And I'm not going to say that like a documentary, everything is 100% accurate and perfect, but I feel like a documentary is an easier way to consume like history. And I actually, one of the things I watched this week was the trial of the Chicago seven, which I thought was awesome. One, because it was very well written and filmed, but two, because it taught me about an event in history that I didn't really know much about and kind of learned the ins and outs and the corruption behind it. And like why it was such an important moment for like the the civil or not the civil rights the uh vietnam war Mm -hmm. or maybe it was the Mm. korea war i don't know it was like in the 60s but it was it was a really good movie it was a really good documentary and i think we need more of these we need more ways to show off these kind of underlooked moments in history yeah i agree yeah number two uh amc just reported their quarterly earnings and it is negative 900 million hey wait a minute that's not earnings they are they are gonna go out of business very soon and i know we talk about this a lot on the podcast but i just think it's important to keep up with this because once movie theaters die out i guarantee you a lot more things are going to cost more streaming wise and then eventually theaters will come back owned by disney and other companies like that yeah this is this is bad i mean like i i i know there are like a lot of people take have a lot of issues with movie theaters and people complain about movie theaters but like i don't think people understand how bad things are going to get if we don't have if like the movie theaters we have right now go out of business things are yeah, going to, to get be an option yeah because yeah. we are going to enter a major monopoly and there's just going to be all sorts of issues there are there are ways that you like they're offering services right now at amc and a couple other theaters where you can basically like for a hundred bucks flat rate rent out a theater and then you pay for like individual tickets and concessions and stuff and i talked about this before but i think that like if you really want to go see a movie that's the best way to have a private theater that's theoretically clean again take it as you will i personally wouldn't um just because of how i feel about you know certain exposure things i it's not that like i don't trust amc to clean it out it's just more i'm more paranoid to sit down in a theater that's closed off regardless of what's been going on around it yeah i i i think amc needs to keep trying to push for these things i think personally they need to capitalize more on summer events and spring events and actually make it like an outdoor experience yeah so i think they need to have like more drive-in theaters i think they need to have more like outside events where people can socially distance from each other and sit around and be able to watch these newer movies because otherwise they are not going to make a single penny yeah i mean and that's the other issue with like going into this huge resurgence of cases and um also getting ready to go inside like things are about to get so much worse and you're gonna we're about to lose the uh like the ability to like do stuff outside i mean like in california and like you know 
southern states that you know they they might be able to do that more but like it's gonna be so hard if like you know for theaters in new england and like northern states like yeah yeah. it's gonna be really rough i just want to go to the movies Um, I mean, maybe maybe they just hard commit to having their own streaming site. I don't know what the rules would be on that, but maybe yeah. it's something they could look into. Otherwise, you know, it's nice knowing you, AMC. Bye-bye. Moving on to my number one, and this is something I think is really interesting. Netflix is going to be increasing their most popular plan from $14 to $18. Now, a lot of people have actually criticized Netflix for doing this because Netflix is saying this is how we can make more content right now. People are saying there are so many streaming sites that we shouldn't have to pay this amount of money for your site. I I think it's interesting because the people who are studying this increase were saying that even if a lot of people unsubscribe, Netflix will still make a profit. I mean, yeah, because it's, it's just going to be people rarely, I think, cancel subscriptions. So they're thinking like way in the future, like, okay – so we lose a couple hundred thousand people, not, probably not even a hundred thousand. That's that's like so we lose a couple hundred to a couple thousand people. Um, but the grandmas who don't know how to cancel their subscription will be raking in that dough every single month. And so I'm I'm not surprised they're doing it. I'm not in love with it. I also don't think it's uh, the worst thing. I don't think I'm going to dump my subscription, but it is annoying, certainly. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's getting really expensive, and I feel like they just jacked up the prices within the last like year and a half, two years, like uh, by like four dollars. Yeah, it's because the market's so competitive now. Yeah, it's just like no other streaming service is eighteen dollars. <laughs> you yeah. know, like yeah, uh, HBO so, Max is fifteen, um, and then there's a a bundle plan that you can get for Disney Plus, Hulu, and ESPN for fifteen as well. But then again, that's three different things combined. Yeah, that's a lot. Yeah, and HBO Max is like original HBO shows and a ton of other things. I I feel like Netflix is just kind of only becoming originals, and the stuff that isn't isn't that popular. Yeah, mm-hmm. they don't have quite the library they used to in terms of non Netflix content. Yeah, but I think some of their originals are really great. I think every month you can find at a minimum three really good original pieces of content. Yeah, I guess for some reason yeah. I'm just never super likely to uh, like the made by <clears throat> a Netflix original to me doesn't sway me either direction. So it like unless it's something that I would otherwise be interested in, regardless. You know what I'm trying to say is I won't yeah. check it out just because it's a Netflix original. Yeah. Um, which is actually like the opposite. If something is an HBO production, I feel like I'm more likely to check it out just because they normally do a good job. And mm. there's something about the fact that Netflix just makes so... Yeah, normally. I said normally <laughs> here. They did a good job for a while in that one. Um, yeah. And I just feel like Netflix puts out so much that it's kind of almost like diluted it for me. Like I don't see it as... Like there's a Netflix... You could you could throw throw a rock out your window and you'll hit a Netflix original. You know that yeah. classic saying? Yeah. There are a lot of Netflix originals and I will say like over the years I found some that I really enjoyed and like gave a shot, but the other problem is you're more likely to get a finished story on HBO than you are on Netflix. So if yeah. you commit to one of these originals, it's either going to get canceled after the first season on Netflix or the third. It's never going to last more than that. Whereas with HBO, they're usually going to finish their story. They're, if if it's a series that's taken off, they're going to let them 
finish whatever it is they want unless it's Game of Thrones and then it just you don't want them to finish I, I would rather have not seen season eight but I I think that's part of the issue when you're deciding between HBO and Netflix and it's what type of content do you want to find and what sort of things you think you're going to enjoy and do you believe that it's worth committing to some of these new shows regardless of how good they are just knowing that the stories aren't going to finish that's why I wanted to bring it up thought it was really interesting especially during a pandemic that they're planning on increasing (laughs) when so many people don't have jobs still cool so why don't we get into what we've been watching this week who would like to go first I want Samson to go first. I watched Hubie Halloween a few weeks ago. Um, I was kind of about it at first. And then the further I got in, the less um, I began to appreciate it. Uh, I was like, oh, cool. They got Ben Stiller back to do that small role from, you know, uh, Billy Madison, not Billy Madison, uh, Happy Gilmore. And then I was like, and then I was like, oh, they're doing like the O'Doyle thing from Billy Madison. And then I was like, oh, this is just bad. <laughs> this is just so bad. Um, uh, like not even fun bad. I don't. It made me laugh a couple of times. Yeah. But like I'd had a couple of drinks. So, I mean, <laughs> that's not a huge feat. Like, I mean, no. it was it was rough. I mean, I think the last like new adam sandler movie i saw that made me laugh was that's my boy <laughs> i don't know if i've seen one like i mean i, I don't th- think i've seen an adam sandler movie that i've enjoyed since that uh, that that's supposed to be a that was supposed to be a comedy um so I, I mean i don't know hubie halloween was rough it was rough i i i was talking about like i couldn't figure out who the movie was for and even after thinking about it later on i still can't tell who the movie is for like it's it's so all over the place and it just doesn't deliver in any way that it really should yeah so like i said if you want a dumb halloween movie and i truly mean a dumb halloween like this is the one to watch but there's nothing that great about it (laughs) yeah i also wanted to say i think like adam sandler does his best when he's like um normal like not not yeah but like um when he's an asshole i think like his best characters are like the assholes or the ones that are like a little bit angry like billy madison isn't really a an asshole he's kind of just like a spoiled douche but like he's like a normal dude like i think he's best when he's just like playing like a a, a, like a normal guy (laughs) like maybe in special circumstances but like when he plays like these like baby characters like i'm thinking like i i hate the water boy not a popular opinion but i really don't like the water boy um little nicky also has kind of the same thing even though i kind of like little nicky where like you know he does like a weird like little like his baby voice <laughs> yeah or, or jack and jill when he's not being himself it's like these things where it's just like he does his best when he plays like an, an ordinary dude that like is maybe a little bit of an asshole or like maybe you know just a little bit angry um i think those are his best movies i i'm thinking like happy gilmore and billy madison and like eight crazy nights yeah eight crazy nights was the other one yeah um you know it it works for him it doesn't work when like he's you know like I, i don't know the coach's name in eight crazy nights but it's like why would i want to see that character played by adam sandler 
or like that archetype played by Adam Sandler and just have that be the main character of the movie. It's not compelling. I I feel like that's also part of the, the issue with Hubie Halloween is it's like, there's no fun kind of like arc for that character. It's like, Oh, this guy gets picked on. Oh, he's going to find that he has, you know, real courage inside of him all along. You know, it's not like, like stagnant characters like that are optimistic are like, good like spongebob i think is like a great character that you can do a lot with like and has like a lot has been done with him and then like the paddington movies are great and like that whole thing is based around a character who's just like seeing the good in the world and like you know kind of gets beat down but like there's a specific way to do it and adam sandler never does it right when he chooses to play those characters yeah no i agree it's just it, it wasn't that great a movie yeah sean what have you been watching? Uh, not Hubie Halloween. <laughs> Happy for you. Well, do we want to talk about um, Borat 2, or do we want to kick that farther down the line? Yeah, let's go for it. I thought you said you hadn't seen Borat 2. No, I have. Yeah, all oh, of us okay. have you seen are Borat 2. So we might as well do a, do a deep dive on it. All right, first off, before we dive into like any specifics about it, initial thoughts, what is your first like opinion? If someone were to say, uh, what do you think about this movie, and would you recommend it? Yeah, I'd recommend it. I liked it. Um, my, my my general, like, slug line takeaway, not quite as funny as the first, but mm-hmm. maybe a better movie. Yeah, I would say similar. I, I would also recommend the movie. I thought it was fun. I thought not every joke lands, but not every joke is ever going to land in a movie. That's just almost impossible. Um, I, I think it had more of a cohesive story and less bits. And I think some of those bits weren't as funny, but overall, I think it's a very good movie. And I think it's very topical for like, you know, some political things that are going on right now. Yeah, I I think my feelings about it were I, I first of all, I really liked it. I didn't like it as much as the first movie. I thought the first one was funnier and a little bit better paced. I think this movie is great and you should definitely see it. I think the issue that I see is covid hits like halfway through the story of the movie and it really makes me wonder if they had to just cram in getting the rest of the footage that they needed and then like and if like covid cut things short because it doesn't feel as filled out and i wonder if that's why they didn't have as many bits and have like as much going on is because covid Hmm. just came out of nowhere and might have just kicked the production in its ass and like they had to be like okay we gotta you know grab as much footage as we can now and just wrap things up that could be but i also think that's something that makes it so interesting because it like i don't know how many other movies covid struck in the middle of filming and then you can actually yeah continue and that, that you can continue with and that it actually impacts the movie itself because obviously with most movies you're not going to include bits of real life like that but in Borat, you do. In in that sense, like, I think it's really cool. And I think this movie will be, like, a great piece of, like, history. I know how weird that sounds. But, like, I mean, like, <laughs> but for real, like, watching this 20 years from now and, like, seeing yeah. this and seeing him do, all like, all of these things during, you know, COVID, I, I think will be really, uh, I think it's, yeah, it is. It's He's captured a piece of history. Um, and that makes it really special. On the other hand, I do think that, like, is part of the reason the pacing is so off. Um, to me, I felt like the pacing was off. Um, 
and as if it wasn't as loaded as the first one. I think that's why. So like, you know, double-edged sword. It was like, you know, COVID made it great and it also kind of took away from it, I think, in some ways. I, I was going to say, I, I this isn't spoilers because the whole thing is that he's trying to get to Michael Pence. That That's the theme of the movie. And I have a feeling that the scene that they shot for the Michael Pence part was supposed to be the big conclusion. And then COVID happened because the way the story was paced leading up to it, it very much felt like that was the conclusion they were building up to. They build up the interactions between him and his daughter. They build up her own independence. And then they kind of move up to that. And that felt like where it was supposed to be the tipping point. Whereas COVID then hit and they kind of shifted directions and the tipping point became, and again, this is spoilers, but it's been literally all over the news. Like when the movie came out, uh, the tipping point is his or her interaction, his daughter's interaction with Rudy Giuliani. Yeah. And I think they kind of shifted it based on the events that were happening and the events that they had to adjust for. And I don't think the Rudy Giuliani part was initially supposed to be the conclusion. But I think they adapted based on the situation. I'm not also convinced that they had a particular conclusion in mind because the way That's that true. it strikes me as they go is that maybe they thought that the Michael Pence thing would be something worthy of a conclusion. But it kind of seems like they just start doing things and then put it in based on how mm-hmm. like it goes. And and a, a, a comment as to, you know, perhaps it having less bits in general I think you can probably say that about Sasha Baron Cohen movies since Borat, that they get more movie-based. Like, I'm thinking of something like The Dictator, and then you have something like, um, this is it This Is America? Oh, Who Is America? Or We Are uh, America? Yeah. Who Is America? Yeah. Um, that they start having more of a message and a story along with the bits, mm-hmm. and it's a little bit less just like, Here's a guy in a suit. Yeah, I, well, around. I think the difference though, between, like the it, yeah. the dictator, like that, like doesn't use you like real candid camera footage. You know, I believe it does at parts. I, I believe it's partially. My understanding was that it was partially uh, candid, Maybe partially not. Yeah, I think it was similar to Bruno. Well, Bruno, Bruno's like the Borat thing. Like, I the dictator, I, I would say very confidently that less than a quarter of the footage in the dictator is, is that kind of documentary. Yeah. Um, like style, you know, like real footage. Um, I, I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure I, I, like, you know, uh, but that's where like, and then who is America I think is well paced because it's a TV show. So they were able to keep things going pretty much. I feel like this had, this one had like a lot of, I feel like there weren't as many people that he interacted with, like as in the first, as in the first Borat or like in Bruno. I, I actually really liked Bruno. I should watch that again. But like, I feel like Bruno did it a lot too. Um, and I feel like that's where the dictator failed. Is it like he's really great at the whole improv thing? And I, I feel like this this movie just lacked as many of the interactions. And his daughter, the the actress who played his daughter, was phenomenal. But um. Yeah, there was, was really a good. lot less of Borat interacting with, you know, just regular people, uh, which I kind of missed. Yeah. And, and I, I think the other thing about like these types of movies, it's interesting to hear how Sasha Baron Cohen approaches these characters, because in his eyes and in many people's eyes, he is kind of an activist for these like these points that he's talking on. Like, I didn't realize how 
I, I, I'm trying to think of the right word to say, but it's basically, I didn't realize how much he makes these movies, not for comedic purposes, but more to shine a light on the issues that are going on. Yeah. Like he wants to talk about, um, racism. He wants to talk about, uh, sexism. He wants to talk about anti-Semitism. Like he, he does all these movies and has these certain bits because he wants to shed a light on how many people secretly, and I'm sure it's a lot more obvious now these days, like how many people just kind of are okay with these things. And I, I think Borat, too, is a great example of his approach on that because he has a lot of scenes that are, allow him to show off the horrible, horrible views that some people have and, and the ways people view each other and are not afraid of, you know, being rude and, and calling out others. I think that's very important. And I think this is just one show of many over the past four years that has really done a good job of doing that. I also like want to mm. add to like what I thought it did a great job of um, was humanizing some people. Like, I mean, there's there's a grandmother figure that's like super. Oh, my God. There's there's two women in this movie. There's two older women in this movie. Uh, there's there's an old Jewish woman. And there's like um, this mm. this woman that he leaves his daughter with for a period of time. And both of them are just like he just comes in with this the most ignorant, <laughs> awful character imaginable and these both of these women are both like just try to help the best they can and it's really touching to see well they're holocaust yeah one of the yeah i'm talking about the holocaust survivors and then like also the um the lady that he leaves his daughter with like yeah like the like all three of those women were like it was it was so beautiful to see and like i also want to say like he even humanized (laughs) there are some QAnon believers um and it was like they're really nice to him. They're, they're like clearly very misinformed and 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 hateful. But like it was interesting to see like him pretending to be somebody from Kazakhstan and like how much they embraced him and how they let him stay with them for a long period of time and how they kind of became friends with him. Like it was it was you know yeah. what I'm saying? It like it humanized something that I think to me gets uh, humanized people that to me i feel like get very dehumanized so yeah who would have guessed that QAnon guys just sit around in their cabin all day like googling stories about like <laughs> yeah. joe biden like that's you know here i thought they were out there just you know burning effigies and shooting uh Uh-oh. kittens I want to I want to say two final points before we move on. One, actually, the daughter of the one of the Holocaust survivors um, actually sued the movie because she claimed wow. that her mom didn't know what she was a part of and wouldn't have approved of the footage. And then, like, if you watch the footage, you can tell she would have approved of what yeah. was happening. Like, yeah, what? Yeah. Um, the second is that there's a couple deleted scenes and you can only really see them if you watch Sasha Baron Cohen's interviews on like Conan and uh, the Colbert uh, show and like all those other late night talk shows. One of them is when he's on like the stage and giving mm-hmm. his performance. And I'm not going to spoil it because I think it's great to go watch and see it. But it's amazing how they realized who he was and they had to cut around that for the movie. And this deleted scene shows like how crazy it was when they realized who he was and went after him. Yeah. And it's nuts. I was actually going to bring that up because um, he, he he shared that on his Twitter. 
Yeah. Yeah, and it's crazy. Yeah, he jumps into an ambulance and like they're trying to like bust down the, the door. Yeah, they're trying to bust down the door of the ambulance and it's him and he's grabbing the handles of the ambulance doors from the inside and throwing all of his weight backwards so that they don't bust the doors open and just beat the shit out of it. That's nuts. Yeah, it, it's crazy too because one of the um, camera crew guys was standing next to someone at the rally who was like going for his pistol and he turned to the dude. He's just like, he's not worth it. Like, it's not worth it, man. And and the dude believed him and like Whoa. put away his pistol because he would have shot at Sasha Baron Cohen. Ah, and it's and it's a close election. Isn't that fun? <laughs> Anyways, mm-hmm. <laughs> if you follow me on Twitter. You probably saw that I was watching this movie, and I told Samson about it, but Sean, I watched Cats. Oh, hey! Welcome to the fold, brother! (laughs) I watched it because it's on HBO Max, and I actually did a live tweet uh, watch of it, so I was talking about my initial thoughts as I was going on. You can follow me on Twitter, at Slothenberg, if you want to see more live tweets of these ridiculous movies. Holy shit, what a bad movie. Yeah. I genuinely did not like it. I had so many complaints. There were so many things that made me uncomfortable. Why are certain cats wearing clothes? Why are others not wearing clothes? Is there a wage gap differential? How do these cats make money? Is it based on food? Um, I was really uncomfortable by the cat that was wearing tap dancing shoes. I don't know. There was something about it, like him tapping. Uh, you mean Shimble Shanks the Railway Cat, you uninformed yeah. also, ass. <laughs> How do you how do you continue to introduce characters over an hour into the movie and still not find a way to even get close to the end of it? Like, Rem-tum-tum. oh my god, I I truly did not like this movie at all. I also have to say that for the first fifty five to sixty minutes of the movie, there's no reason to root for the main character. She's just kind of like a plot piece going from one introduction to the next. Also, how do you make Taylor Swift such a big thing in the promotions when she showed up for maybe five to ten minutes in the yeah. movie? Meow. I, I did not like this movie. I do not, not recommend it. I think it gets two Dannys out of ten. Just don't watch it. My favorite. Just don't watch my it. My favorite thing I've ever heard about Cats was somebody tweeted when it came out, like the movie came out. Cats, uh, Cats is just an hour and a half of cats introducing themselves and then doing a dance. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Meow. That's all it is. I don't know what I was expecting, but it was it was certainly worse than what I was expecting. When we uh when we all watched it, um I say we all, it was like uh Samson and a couple others uh before pre COVID. No, or maybe I can't remember if I watched it. You with, watched with it you guys during COVID and you watched it before. Because I remember you guys were talking about it when I was um I, I think I was I was going back to my apartment. You're just like, yeah, we're all watching Cats tonight because we were getting drunk with it. Yes, and I yeah, and that's I actually don't remember that much of Cats. That was one of the most drunk. Like I got that was one of like the probably top uh, uh, top either five or ten alcoholic experiences of my you know young life and. So I honestly, like, I can't even, you know, months on say that much about Cats because, frankly, I don't, <laughs> it, it, I, I drank most of it I'm away glad. as a coping mechanism, I think. Like, I don't normally drink that much, but I, I, my, my liver and my heart and my brain were like, no, 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 you got to keep going here, buddy. <laughs> but that, that's, my, that's my hole on it. Let's, let's move on to something way better. Uh, uh, Samson, 
Yeah, it's Samson's turn. Samson, right. do you have anything? Yeah, so uh, I also actually just finally finished Shit's Creek. Uh, I, I thought the last season was really solid, and I really enjoyed it. I know a lot of people that are actually going back to rewatch it from the beginning now, because, I don't know, it just, like, I, I didn't think it ended in any kind of big blowout. It ends in a very natural, regular kind of way, I feel like, that still closes out the story. And, you know, I, I, I understand why people would want to go back so they can watch, like, you know, it's because it's really about the progression of the characters. Um, and I'm even interested uh, in going back. I, I wouldn't say Shit's Creek was my favorite show, but, like, I really, enjo- I really, really enjoyed it. But, like, people absolutely love this show. And uh, it was cool to, like, watch it with people that were just completely in love with it and uh, cared so much about it. And, like, that makes it sound like I didn't care about it, too. I really loved it. But, like... This show had a huge impact on a lot of people. And, um, you know, if you haven't tried watching Shit's Creek yet, you should. Uh, again, it does take a little bit of time for it to pick up. I'd say season three is when I started to, like, actually seek out watching it and um, wanted to watch more than just one episode in a sitting. Uh, and, yeah, starting season three, it just, like, it it, it pretty it, it hits on a consistent basis all the way up through the ending. So, hmm. so what it sounds like is you agree with all the... Uh, emmy award winning actors you think all the actors deserved those emmys right yeah i mean i also think the emmys are kind of dumb i just like it's just like it's it's hard because like i don't think it was undeserved i mean there were a lot of other things that i think were really great like i mean i i since we had that episode i finished what we do in the shadows and i absolutely loved it i mean like it's just hard i feel like it's i feel like the concept of comparing all of these things is completely uh ridiculous and you know nonsensical there's no i mean there's there's no point to it i i like i i think i think that like it's i think everyone in it was absolutely amazing and i think they deserve recognition um yeah i and i'll i guess that's what i'll say but like okay yeah because because from just what it's sounding like from you saying that is that you really enjoyed the characters and you really enjoyed the character progression which i guess sort of ties into the writing but you seem more like you support all the actors winning and you're not a hundred percent a hundred percent sold on all the directing and writing awards that it got. No, I, I'm 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 down with the directing and writing awards it got. Okay. I, I think I think it was really well written. I, again, I think the first two seasons are are not great, and I think that is partially because the characters are so unlikable um, that you can't really relate to them. But I, I thought that this season really you had the the characters at their most relatable and easiest to sympathize with and yeah i mean like it's hard to have gotten this far i i if you made it to season six of schitt's creek and didn't like have a major emotional investment in all of the members of the rose family then like (laughs) you're a broken person like i just i don't know what to say like it's just it's yeah it was it was great it was really well i thought the last season was the most well-written season yet. Uh, I thought it was well-directed. Okay. Um, I thought the acting was great. I thought it was just great all the way around. I I don't think... I think this show is going to join the large list I have of shows where I start watching and just never finish because I, I, really, yeah. I really didn't like it that much and I really couldn't get into it and I'm three and a half seasons in and it's not doing a single thing for me. Fair. Which, I, like, I know you talk about it and I, I do listen to your opinions a lot. I've enjoyed a lot of shows you've recommended, yeah. but 
I, I genuinely think this is going to go on to the pile of things that like I kind of liked, but could not for the life of me finish. And there are a lot of those shows I talk about <laughs> on the podcast, like Cougar Town yeah. and Norsemen were like, they were good, but I, I just, I can't motivate myself to finish yeah. it. And I, I think Shit's Creek is going to fall into that pile. And it's not an anime, so I won't watch it. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, that that's totally fair, Danny. And like, um, I, I think the thing is at this point, if you haven't watched Shit's Creek, you should. I, I mean, like, I wouldn't say it's like, you know what I'm saying? I, I feel like it's it's up there for a lot of people with the cult. It's got the cult yeah. status of like, you know, something like The Office. Uh, you know, it's like one of those shows that people just really, really love. And uh, you, you won't know whether or not um, it's going to be one of those classics for you unless you watch it. But like it is becoming one of those sitcom you know modern classic sitcoms yeah yeah don't get me wrong i do think people should check it. yeah yeah i i do think it's it's everyone's gonna have their own preference personally i don't like it some people might. yeah i know i do think it's worth and that's exactly what i'm saying is like maybe you know might not be for you but like um it might not be for everybody but like a lot of people really really love it so you know at least worth checking out from that standpoint yeah sean what about you about should anything anything you were watching oh yeah okay sorry it was just such a a dramatic cut and i was i was looking up something for my next uh uh piece but yes so i've been watching i've now started uh the next season of jojo's bizarre adventure uh golden wind and if i had to choose one word to describe this season in a nutshell it would probably be homosexuality Hmm. this season is so gay (laughs) and i'm only like five episodes in it's 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 insane. And when I did a little bit, of, I googled like "golden wind gay?" question mark And yeah, like it just is gonna keep being this way. And apparently, there's like a bunch of uh, like uh, homosexual relationships. And I had my first inkling when, as I've mentioned before, uh, you know, they have stands which are like these manifestations of their will, and they're usually humanoid. Uh, the main character, Giorno Giovanna or Giovanni, Giovanna, uh, like his came out and, you know, and his pose with it was, was holding it. It was standing directly behind it, holding its hips as it like held its arms like down in front of its crotch. And they sort of both (laughs) were then leaning backwards, uh, like leaning forwards a little bit. And I was like, Oh, that's, um, (laughs) that's how you hold your lover. Uh, (laughs) and and then, you know, it was really cemented by the the song that plays over the credits, um, which is Freakin' You. And just to sample the lyrics real quick, uh, and mind you, while this is playing, there's just just the men of the show are just going by. And my, they're all actually pretty, uh, pretty twinkish in this one, you know, that they're, they're like skinny wearing tight clothes, uh, but still with a little bit of muscle on them. And, and while they're like going by posing, this song is playing. Every time I close my eyes... I wake up feeling so horny. I can't get you out of my mind. <laughs> Sex and you be all I see. I would give anything just to make you understand me. I don't give a damn about nothing else. Freaking you is all I see. Tonight I need your body. Tonight you got my time. Tonight you won't be sorry. Tonight you got my mind. I will say one of my favorite things on this show is how you always talk about JoJo's Bizarre Adventure because I live vicariously through you. I'm so excited to see what you think about the rest of the season. I think it's going to be really good. There's something coming up. I I only know memes about it called the torture dance. 
and I am I'm simply fascinated by what that means. That memes by what that means. Yeah, what that means. I I am actively excited for the torture dance. Will it be gay? Probably based on how the first five episodes have gone. Apparently, there's one female character who is completely like uninterested in relationships and is not presented in a pretty uh, relatively sexual way. So hey, you know this season is for the boys. They're, they've all been for the boys, but this one, this one's really for this the boys. one's for the boys. <laughs> yeah. So so I want to talk about. I finished up Kipo and the Wonder Beast. Um, again, I think it got worse as time went on. I didn't like the third season that much, but I really enjoyed the music and the animation, like I said earlier. So I think it's a good show. I think it's worth checking out. I think if you start losing interest in the plot, just give up on it because it doesn't really get significantly better towards the end but overall it was a pretty good animation show it was a very very good soundtrack so if you just like go and listen to the soundtrack that's all you really need but yeah overall it's a pretty good show and then i think one that we can all talk about at least a little bit and hear samson's initial reactions of is haunting of blind manor mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. um because i finish it sean has not but samson has also finished i it. got one episode left yeah he's got mm-hmm. one episode so i want to i want to just say that um from what i talked about the previous episode so not last week's but the week before that i think haunting of bly manor is not as good as hill house but it's still a very good show and i i think you need to go into it not comparing it to hill house you need to think of it as its own entity mm-hmm. and you will enjoy it a lot more i think the characters weren't as compelling but i think the story had its ups and downs and it went really well towards the end i also think it could have been a little better pacing wise. I think I think they could have done the second to last episode earlier on in the in the show. I think that would have allowed for a bit more answers to be revealed and like learn from it yeah. and try and piece things together. But overall it had a good conclusion. I think I think it was it was overall it was a very good show. And it had enough spooks and frights and enough like intrigue at certain moments that you wanted to keep watching it. But again, it's not as good as Hill House, so you really shouldn't compare it to it. Yeah, like that that comment about the, I think I briefly, again, touched on it last time, so I'm not going to, or maybe that was when we were talking about it beforehand. I don't. Yeah, really you remember. and I were talking about it separately. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that I have watched all but the final episode, and I put that to a certain degree on the fact that the second to last episode is more of like a, here's some background information episode, and it, it, it goes right off of a cliffhanger on the third to last. And I think that then I was so like, Oh my God, like what happens next? Yeah. Then the background information episode, which was still a very good episode, but it kind of like broke the, I have to watch the next one right now thing for me a little bit because it was kind of like a separate thing. And I just haven't gotten around to watching the final episode. Cause I, I do tend to be more bingy when I watch things and I tend to only watch like one or two things at once. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so because of that, when I took a pause on it, I forget exactly. I think I probably started, I picked up JoJo's 5, actually, after that. I don't have as much time to watch things right now, and I've also been playing more Xbox recently. So it's, uh, it just didn't, like, that transition into the final episode didn't hook me in quite the same way that I think it did in Hill House, where it was another background episode, but it felt, it was more dramatic, I think. I think the background episode tied in more with the current story in Hill House than it did with uh, Bly Manor. And the yeah. Bly Manor background episode kind of felt like it was taking you out of the story. Like it was so it was so jarring. It almost felt like it was coming from a different series. Yeah, hmm. it was. Yeah, it was pretty different. I mean, like I didn't mind what, it. What were your thoughts, though, Sam? I, I, so I really liked Bly Manor. 
Um, I don't think comparing it to Hill House is fair. I, I, I it made me want to no. go back and watch Hill House because, um, it just reminded me like there were parts of it that were, like reminded me of Hill House and reminded me of how much I loved it. But like I thought, Bly Manor was really, really good. Definitely not nearly as scary as as Hill House. No. I'd say like yeah. that's not necessarily a bad thing. Um, I mean, I didn't sleep for like days because of Hill House, so like you know, <laughs> I was down with like a little less scary. Um, but Bly Manor, like I feel like, did a good job of like giving you enough scares at the right time. You know, having compelling drama that like made me want to keep watching it and like. I, I agree that, like, it was an issue that the second to last episode kind of took you out of it. But, like, they needed to kind of save that until then because yeah, I feel like yes. they needed some kind of mystery to really keep it going. And um, I feel like they dropped it at the right moment to release the most, like, tension and, like, keep the mystery going uh, as best they could. Yeah. Um, so, like, I think that it was a really... I don't know if there was a right decision. I think that like that was a really solid one though. And I respect it even yeah. though it wasn't, you know what I'm saying? Even though it definitely took you out. Yes. Well, I was going to say, I guess what I was expecting from it was something similar to the level of like that, like the quote unquote, like the last night, you know, where the last night was, was so climactic and huge. Whereas this was almost more like reflective and poignant and I think that's yeah. actually something about Bly Manor as a whole that I really enjoyed is that it felt a little more like relaxed, a little slower, but not in like a like a too slow sort of way. And I, I do I liked some of the like the character interactions were super strong mm-hmm. in Hill House. And I think that mm-hmm. carried over into this. Um, I thought there was some really good acting. I can't remember yeah. the, the name of the character because I, I just think of him as Rahul. Uh, because that's that's oh, the yes. actor's name, like Owen. All of, Owen, yes, Owen yeah. and oh my goodness, Hannah? it's been a Hannah. minute. And Hannah, yeah, that stuff was great. Yeah, that was like just like some great acting. It was so compelling. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like the actress, like both of them were phenomenal. Like I, I was, I was yeah. truly blown away by how good the acting was. I felt like Hannah, I think, was probably my favorite character. Like now that I'm, I'm done yeah. with it, I think Hannah and Owen were my two favorite characters. Hannah probably being first, but like. I mean, they were both great. I, I know I talked about before the season came out, like, I was like, I, I don't know how I feel about them reusing actors. Um, most of the actors that are reused are so sparse that, like, it you it doesn't even matter. But then, like, the, the two yeah. main people that get reused, I, I don't know the actors' names, but, like, um, the uh, Nell from the first season is the main character, Daddy. and Luke from the first season is a pretty major, major character. And, like, also the uncle. Yeah, the uncle too, but like I mean he's not in it like a ton, you know what I'm saying? Like you you're like subjected to the others yeah. a lot. Like Also fun fact about the uncle, he played Elliot in ET. Yeah. Um and he actually he works with the director and writer of Hale House. Like they've done a lot of projects together. Oh. So this was just another continuation of their partnership. That's cool. But yeah, I mean like I thought the uh the lead the Nell, I always want to call her Nell. Um, but the, the <laughs> Danny, yeah, Danny, she was great. She was really, really great. Oh, um, yeah. she's a fantastic actress at, like amazing. And like, I am blown away though by, um, I mean like it's, it's so hard. Cause like, I don't like, I feel like praising Luke or, you know, like what's his face. Uh, I don't know who is Peter. What's that? 
Peter. His character yeah, was Peter. Peter. I feel like praising him as much as I'm about to is going to detract from how much I loved uh, her. But, like, they were both so great that, like, I don't even want it to be a thing. But, like, the guy who played Peter is absolutely phenomenal. He went from playing, like, the most likable character in Hill House to playing, like, a really unlikable character in this season that was, like, really, really well acted. And then, um... And then the the same like week I finished Blind Manor, he popped up in um he is the Invisible Man, in the Invisible yeah. Man. He's just oh. really good. He's just such a good actor, and like the way that he can like <laughs> play like villains or like again the most likable character in super a, sympathetic in a series. Yeah. yeah is 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 absolutely in, in insane, and I think he gets given a lot of good writing, but like. I mean, like, to be able to, to, to get the most out of it, you need somebody with a lot of talent. And, like, god damn, that dude is awesome. That dude is awesome. Well, and if I you want to watch Hill House again. I, I, I can't wait to, like, <laughs> I know every time I see him, I'm like, oh, I want to watch Hill House because you're so good in Hill House. I'm excited <laughs> to, like, see him show up in more things because he's so in- incredibly talented. And so is she. I, I was going <laughs> to. Sorry, I'm done, sorry, I'm done for real. I, I I'm done for real this time. <laughs> It's hard to tell. Sometimes your but yes are the end, and then sometimes they're leading into something else. Conjunction or punctuation? Who knows? <laughs> uh, I, I thought it was interesting that they reused the uh, sad Hill House theme. Yeah, the yeah. Do, do 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 do. And I have to Dude, say, I like, noticed that so much. Sometimes when I see something sad or like melodramatic, now I hear in the back of my head just like do 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 boo boo because I'm like, huh, this is the this is the song of emotion right now. Yeah. Um, and I thought it was interesting that they reused that and maybe that'll be like the, the haunting of quote, you know, theme. I think so. Yeah. Uh, because it's a pretty good theme. It touches the whole strings. It just makes me think of Luke crying more than anything. <laughs> so I actually, I had three quick final points I wanted to bring mm-hmm. up. Uh, especially if you compare it to Hill House, the children, I don't know who does the casting for these shows but they knock it out of oh the they park. do these yeah. child do. actors are incredible like easily some of the best performances of the year from these kids because they are they are so compelling at times and then also so mysterious and you're just like wow these are kids doing that yeah the second thing i want to say is time is very funky in these shows and i think hill house has more of a linear story where you go back and forth between two core points Whereas the timing in Bly Manor is kind of all over the place. And that's one of the things I liked mm-hmm. because time was so fractured around yeah. the house. Um, and the third thing I want to say, which actually Sean touched on, was the music. It mm-hmm. When they bring back the score from the original like Haunting of Hill House show, it fits perfectly. And every time you get that nostalgia feel while also a tinge of sadness because you know why that song is playing. Also, the characters are so tragic. Like, the, you feel they so always awful are. for the characters. I mean, I think I said it about uh, Hill House, and I'll say it again about this, is that these almost feel like a drama with horror elements, especially yeah. Bly Manor. Yes. And I think it just does that so well. It really does. Samson, what, what would you like to talk about? Danny, I think you're going to like this. Uh, I have been watching Cobra Kai. Um <laughs> It is some dumb shit. I'm going to be real honest. <laughs> Yet, I almost immediately start a new episode every after the first one ends. Yeah. Because, uh, god damn, it is stupid, but, like, it is so 
they know how to hook you with the story and it's like well now i want to know what happens <laughs> you know like it's oh god my favorite was um my favorite with i'm gonna try not to ruin anything but like it's good it's hard to at this point granted all of the promo material ruins everything about the first season anyways but like my favorite <laughs> is um this kid gets picked on because of a deformity and uh johnny the head of cobra kai is like roasting him and roasting him and stuff and then like he's like you know you should get like uh, you know you should do something to distract from like that disgusting thing on your face and the kid walks in like like the 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 next karate class starts and he's like oh i guess this kid pussied out and then the kid walks in with a fucking giant mohawk and he go and johnny goes huge and johnny goes hmm get on the mat hawk <laughs> what and they they start calling him hawk instead of lip what does he have like a cleft lip yeah. or something is that yeah he, he had like he had like lip surgery yeah so they change oh, it oh he's like God. get on the mat hawk and it's just playing like shitty 80s rock music does he then beat the shit out of him? <laughs> no, he no, doesn't. No, so, so what Samson's uh, trying to get across is basically the character has a lip deformity and is a nerd and shy and quiet and he gets made fun of and Johnny convinces him that he needs to control the narrative if he ever wants to, like, be confident and not be a loser. So the kid goes out, gets a mohawk so that it's distracting from his lip. Because yeah, I, I, everyone, I got that. Yeah. But when he tells him to go to the mat, that he's really like, makes it sound like he's about to I beat know. the he's absolute like, back shit. He's like, Line you're up. welcome back. Thanks no. for being a badass. No. I'm never going to watch this, and I'm going to I'm gonna live in the world where he bullies a kid with a deformity, the kid comes back with a mohawk, and then he beats the shit out of him <laughs> for daring to step back into his dojo. No, I, I was just going to say, like, you understand why i was binging mm-hmm. i i definitely get it i i have, i'm two episodes into season two and uh it's not doing it for me like the first season did i'm also pissed because like they just like they ruined all of the surprises like with the promo material <laughs> like with the pictures like the reason i don't mind bringing up the fact that like uh the kid gets a mohawk and all that stuff is because they ruin it in the promo material like they ruin a lot of like in in the thumbnail they show that this kid becomes this and then like also like there's a major character that comes back from the original movie and like it's supposed to be a giant reveal and it's completely given away because they show it in all the promo vids it's like I yeah. don't understand, like, what they're doing. It's just, like, it it really takes away from the show. If I had, like, any complaint about the, the, the show that's, like, not how ridiculous and, like, B-movie-esque it is at points, it is, like, because I, that's part of the charm. It's that they just ruin half of, like, the developments of the show with their promo material. And it's frustrating. <laughs> I, I think they're, they are basically approaching it, like third season is coming Mm -hmm. out soon so that's what they're promoting towards whereas it just came onto netflix and has two seasons already but it those two seasons have been made years ago so i think the whole like promotional tactic is getting people excited for season three as opposed to getting people excited for the show in general that that's that's fair which i agree is is wrong yeah I, i like i'm also surprised though like i don't get like if Netflix has all these analytics, like, I don't know, like, it it would be really easy, I feel like, to make it so that they only trigger playing promo vids for season two, 
if you've watched season one. Um, yeah. You, you know, like unless you're a new account or something, uh, it just I don't I don't understand. But anyways, just on the topic, that was a problem I had with uh, Attack on Titan, where Crunchyroll would run ads from later seasons of yeah. Attack on Titan, and a big part of Attack on Titan is like finding out who can do what and like who is actually who. Mm-hmm. And then they would just show the characters doing that. And I was mm-hmm. like, well, I guess uh, I guess that's who that person is. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> like, gr- great. <laughs> like, okay. Yeah. However, that show is still so fucking great. Season four, hype train. I mean, that's more. I don't know. What does a train horn sound like? Yeah, that was. Ah, yep. Thank you, Danny. <laughs> uh, Sean, do you have anything else you want to talk about? Not really. I've been starting to play some Dishonored, too. And it's pretty oh, nice. fun. Although I found out that in the very beginning of the game, uh, you're on a ship pretty early on, and it's like a talk to this person, you know, like run around the ship, you can find just a couple collectibles. Uh, if you jump into the water, it hard crashes the game. What? I've done that three times now just for fun. What game? <laughs> Dishonored 2. And it's like it seems like it's going to be pretty fun, but for whatever reason, in a specific spot, if I try to jump off the boat, the game goes... <laughs> And then just turns off. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I'm like, what? Uh, like I said earlier in the episode, I watched the Trial of the Chicago Seven. It's a great documentary. Uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt does a phenomenal performance. Sasha Baron Cohen does a great performance. Just clarification: I think you mean biopic, Danny. What you mean? I, I it it's a biopic, correct? It's a biopic. I thought it was a documentary. If Joseph Gordon-Levitt it, it, is playing a historical figure, it, it is a biopic. Oh, I always assumed like documentaries can extend beyond just people talking about what's going on. Now, nah, documentaries are live footage, I believe, or uh, okay. real footage. Then, then it's like a biopic, whatever. Cool. So Joseph Gordon Lovett, um, Sasha Baron Cohen, Jeremy Strong from Succession shows up. Uh, who I hope he's wearing a wig because if not, like that's insane hair that he has, and I understand why he shaves it. Uh, Eddie Remain from uh the theory of everything he played stephen hawking and he's in fantastic beast and where to find him he's a part of it too it's it's really great i didn't realize how much corruption was going on in the judicial like the judiciary system during this trial like it's so blatant and ridiculous and you can't believe that like certain things happen this way and it's it's an important part of history and i think i think this is worth watching i really do think this is a very important movie to watch especially when we're dealing with corruption these days yeah where is it what's it on it's on uh, netflix netflix gotcha speaking of netflix uh they put code lyoko on with zero warning and i've been watching that holy shit if you ever wondered what france making an anime would be like go check out code lyoko it's dumb it's stupid but it's fun god damn i remember that show made me anxious that show made me anxious as a child there was something about the monsters that they fought in like the digital world that just made young sean be like oh fuck ah they're back like holy shit i also i think it's really (laughs) interesting that it's one of the only shows that doesn't start out with like a true pilot episode. Like the pilot episode is in season three or four where they actually show you like how they found the factory and how they got into the virtual world and like met each other and all that. And you don't learn about that until like season three. So you're just kind of like picking up the story as if it's just a daily part of their life and has been going on forever, which I really like. Um, Yeah. It's just kind of, it's, it's dumb. It's a dumb show. It's, it's fun. It's a children's dumb show. So, I watched a lot of scary movies for uh, Halloween. 
But um, we talked a lot about scary movies um, a couple of weeks ago, so I'll give everybody a break from that. Um, one fun Halloween movie that I watched that I really enjoyed was uh, I watched Paranorman for the first time. Uh, that's oh, yeah. on Netflix. Really fun, cute movie. I really enjoyed it. Like, I thought the um, the like original compositions were like just like kind of nice, good vibe. Like, I thought that was good. The animation was like really solid. Um, I thought the story was just like fun and weird and uh i wasn't expecting a ghost and a zombie movie all at once um and that was kind of that was kind of cool too i just thought the story was unique and i thought the concept was unique you know if you're into just like you know spooky things that aren't like all that scary like i thought this was like a a perfect movie uh for for that kind of stuff it i'm surprised this movie doesn't get talked about a little bit more um, because it was it was really fun and it was really solid and entertaining. Hmm. One of the things I've been watching a lot recently and just finished up, uh, it's a series called Red Oaks on Amazon Prime, and it is about a boy who um, is 20 years old and is working uh, during the summer of 1985 at a country club. And this is in New Jersey, so I relate to it heavily. <laughs> and it's basically just him trying to figure out what he wants to do with his life while navigating the troubles of relationships and working at this club and kind of like having to network, but not really. He's probably like the most indecisive character I've seen on television in a while. But it's a pretty good show. I really did enjoy it. I think it's got like some pretty nice build up moments. I like relationships between characters and the show develops them pretty nicely. Uh, there's a lot of cringe moments, so there was a bit of skipping around, but it's got three seasons all on Amazon Prime. It's been off the air for a couple of years now, but I think if you're just looking for like a reminder of normalcy, because this just takes place in 1985, 1986, and 1987, uh, this is a pretty good show to check out. So nice. I, I definitely enjoyed that. And then the other thing I've been watching uh, is the Eric Andre show season five. I personally don't think all of the bits are as good as previous seasons. They also lost Hannibal. Really? Yeah, Hannibal Burris is no longer a part of the show. He, Eric Andre talked about it. He basically invited Hannibal back for when they were doing season five, and Hannibal said he no longer wanted to be a part of it. So he's there for the first episode, and then in the second episode, he just straight up goes... I'm leaving. I quit and then walks off and that's that's the end of it. And he leaves like a little nose hair so that uh, Eric Andre can clone him. And Blannable is his new co-host. It's four episodes. It's Eric Andre show. It feels so good to see new Eric Andre show. Mm. But I don't think all the gags are the best. But that that's okay. None of them are supposed to be that spectacular. <laughs> anyway. Uh, and, and then the last thing I, I do quickly want to talk about, I watched this movie called Destination Wedding with uh, Winona Ryder and Keanu Reeves, and the entire movie just focuses on the two of them, and it's literally them just arguing and talking back and forth. Hmm. That is the entire movie. They are two people. Uh, one of them is uh, Winona Ryder's character, whose ex-boyfriend, she's going to his wedding, and Keanu Reeves is the brother of that ex-boyfriend, and they had never met, and they just get off to a rocky relationship to start out with, and the entire movie is just them bantering back and forth, and it's awesome watching Keanu Reeves and Winona Ryder banter back and forth. <laughs> the mo- like The movie itself is fine, but just having them argue back and forth the entire time and really play off each other well. Like, these two actors do a great job of working off each other. That's what makes this movie worth watching. So it's it's pretty nice. It's also on Amazon Prime. Would recommend checking it out if you just want a, a nice, bantery, argumentative, uh, back-and-forth movie. 
but yeah, I think that's that's all we got for this week's episode. Uh, we'll give our shout-outs, and then we can uh, wrap it up. So who wants to go first? Shout-out to the Resident Evil 2 remake. I have been playing that after playing Resident Evil 7, and uh, it's it's quite different, but it's really fun, and it's very tense, and uh, it's great. It's I think it's... I think it just stopped being on sale, but like it goes on sale, like I swear to God, like every other month in the PlayStation store. So grab it if you can. Cool. I want to say shout out to the fact that a United States version of Utopia exists. It's a show on Amazon Prime about like this comic that theoretically predicts the end of times and the entire main character of the show you hate. Like you just straight up hate her. She just murders people and she fucking sucks. And I can't believe they made a show with such an unlikable main character but overall it's like it's literally the plot of this movie is living in a pandemic so great job amazon i'm shocked you released it during 2020 you know (laughs) uh so shout out to the fact you exist i have two quick ones the first one is shout out to uh the new hearthstone mode uh duels give it to the people already blizzard the people want it just get rid of the pre-order, you know, beta thing. Just give it to us. We want it. We don't care if it's broken. We want it. And the next shout-out is to Extra Gum. Mm. Mm. You don't get that kind of mouthfeel with any other gum. Extra hmm. gum. I got paid a nickel to say that. Oh, wow. Yeah. Cool. So thank you all so much for listening. You can follow us on Instagram at Board and Browsing Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at Board and Browse Pod. You can follow me on Twitter at Slothenberg. You can follow Samson on Twitter at Mr. Big Boomba. Uh, my name is Danny. I'm Samson. Sean. Thank you all so much for listening, and we'll catch you all next time. Bye. Bye.